Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Elate, not related. Uh, I am related. All right. Thrilled. I've forgotten them now. It's only four words. Thrilled. I'm just just repeating what you're saying. Shattered. Thrilled, shattered, elated, relieved. Thrilled, shattered, elated, relieved. Delighted in a sleepy sort of way. Delighted. Sleepily delighted. Sleepily delighted. (laughs) Is sleepy delight a bit like sunny delight? Uh, Yes. More more sludgy. Is it? I think so. Where do you stand on pith? (laughs) Very carefully. (laughs) You can go straight through it, you know. (laughs) Can you? Can you? Can. <laughs> are, are you a are you a sans pulp or a whatever's the what's the other one? Oh, you mean with the bits or not yeah, the, bits? the bits? Oh, oh, I, I have to have the bits. You have I to have like the, bits. the bits. Oh yeah, love them. Dear. Yeah, I think you know it feels sort of like false orange juice if it hasn't done the bits. Right. To me, right. anyway. That's just me, Anthony. That's I know we're you. not all the same. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, happy belated birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. It was an extraordinary birthday. <laughs> well, as we're about to hear, because it's it's about the only it's about the only thing I've got to ask you at the moment. So we'll, well but it, should, should we start? I've started. Have I've, you? Well, I've, I've started. Yeah. As well. I mean, all this I, is in, obviously. It's all in. I go into record when I wake up in the morning. Do you really? Days. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. You like the Truman Show? <laughs> when we worked with Dave Meekin, he was like that. He'd just go into record before you turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, um, what? What are we on? One fifty nine. Yes. Yes, we are. We're on one fifty nine, right? And we've and, and yet again, we've got nothing special planned for one sixty, have we? Well, if the feedback to last last week's episode's anything to go by, I, I think the way forward is to just be shit. Is it? <laughs> Excellent. Oh, we can do that. That's one of we our can. special skills. It, that that is. <laughs> right, one five nine. One five nine. Got a PhD in that. We have a FUD. <laughs> We've got a fud in that. A fud in shit. <laughs> a fud in shit. <laughs> right, go on then, 159. Hello and welcome to chapter 159 of the Corona Diaries. Yay. Yes. yes. Who'd yes, have yes, thought? I know, uh, well it's still a minor miracle, isn't it? It's still quite beyond any kind of reasonable belief. It is. I mean, here I am, on the other side of the wild. Wild. Once again, on the on the other side of the wild. I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> hey, by the door of the store. <laughs> hey, you, you by the door. Yeah. So come on, so come on then. Tell us about your birthday. Well, uh, I woke up, and it was, and I was sixty-seven. And then, uh, oh, I was. It got off to to. It was kind of a tricky birthday in a lot of ways because while it should have been a, a birthday of utter and pure unremitting joy, mm-hmm. which it kind of was, I was so shattered I couldn't quite, you know, have that. I couldn't. I didn't have enough energy to bask, so right. I couldn't. I couldn't bask in it. It was right. coming my way, but I was struggling to bask throughout it. Um, Oren Hertz and David Hussey, uh, my good friends, uh, my good American friends, took me out for lunch, um, and I had a big lobster. Linda would have been delighted, I think. She would probably have... Um, 
Um, what's the word? Just give me a second while I try and form a sentence. Um, she would have... Um, oh, God, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Climax. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I only did that for your reaction. <laughs> You're a foul character. You really are. Yeah, but it's uh, worth it to see your face. <laughs> No, I can't think of the word. But she would have, she would have, uh, she she would have captured the moment for posterity, right? In in crochet, in crochet. That's what I was trying to put together. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> crochet an entire occasion. Yes, but she would have um, in several colours, and um, it was lovely. Yeah, it was one hell of a lobster. I think it might have been 67 as well. Because um, they live to a ripe old age, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we had a nice time in the sun and put half the blinking... We, we put the waiters on the guest list uh, and all of that. And then the manager came over and, and then they, um, there was a couple of musicians playing jazz. Oh. And then they, they played a bit of birthday music for me as well. And then, uh, yeah, the waiter came up and said, um, you know, and they, Oren said, oh, it's his birthday. He said, oh, are you doing anything special tonight? I said, well, you know, a bit of karaoke. And he said, oh, karaoke, that'll be nice on your birthday. I said, yeah, I've got, I've got a band and everything. <laughs> oh, and, you know, 1,500 people. <laughs> And he, he he was becoming more and more confused. Yeah. Um, but I guess technically I, I did do karaoke for my birthday last night in the uh, Olympia. And the Q&A was really good. We, um, yeah, after I'd had the long lunch, the long, the long lobster lunch, the three L's. Three L's. Uh, the long loving lobster lunch, four L's. The lovely long loving... Lasting lobster <laughs> lunch. Um, was um, after that, I came back here and had a kip because I was mm. just destroyed from the two the two first shows. Is uh, I, I do wear myself out in those shows, but I was singing really well on Friday and Saturday. Uh, I didn't. I was a bit worried yesterday about how much I'd have left. Because these days, three on the bounce is a big ask for uh, for me. Um, and so then I dread the third one in case my voice fails or in case some other part of my body fails, which is equally likely. And um, so I was a little bit rattled, uh, which took the shine off the unremitting joy of the birthday, really. And then, and then I went to sound check. And everyone else was shattered as well. We all just stood there for about an hour and a half, staring at one another. We... <laughs> and, then, and then we went back to the hotel. <laughs> no one had the energy to play anything. <laughs> How did that go down with Phil? Uh, I don't know. We didn't no, ask. We didn't ask him. No, he was probably relieved not to have to listen to anything. Um but um, you came back for sound check, went back to bed, had about an hour and a half sleep, and then woke up feeling semi-human, um, um, and then back to the gig to hit the Red Bull and tequila, you know, and to dig myself out of the ditch. And then Lucy had done a um, Q&A, um, which was quite birthday-themed. Oh. And she'd gathered together some uh, some videos. Lynetta had made a video in the garden, which was fantastic and funny. Uh, Niall had made a video <laughs> driving along down the road uh, looking fairly goofy. And um, Sophie had made a video with, uh, with my grandkids Aww. singing You Say It's Your Birthday by the Beatles. And that was great. So that was really touching... 
And uh, nothing from Vibes. Is his, his Vibes a bit too cool for that at the moment? No, Vibes was there. Vibes was in the um, in the garden with Lynetta right. for the for the for that one. Yeah, he was there. Even the dog showed up. Uh, she didn't muster much enthusiasm, but then she doesn't really. No, um, probably quite pleased you weren't there. There's no way of telling. She's no. not a big em- emoter. She's, uh... <laughs> There's got to be a dog and an emoter joke somewhere. All I've got is my dog's got no nose. That's the only one I've got going through my head, but there must be an emoter one. <laughs> my dog's got no bloody emotions, I tell you. <laughs> So the Q&A was good, birthday-themed. Yeah, it was really nice. And then, um, of course, then we... Are you putting uh, your socks on? No, I'm just trying to get my legs in. Because I've, <laughs> <got, laughs> I've got... I've got... Think, I think one of my hips has gone out. Um, right. <laughs> so I may, I may actually be able to throw my leg across the room in a minute right. uh, without moving. Um but no, I've got the microphone on like a sort of coffee table because I've only got this mini stand. I haven't got a big stand. I haven't right. got one of those. I haven't got one of your lovely professional swings every way down at the beep stand. Things. No. I've just no. got this one on a coffee that table and the only thing. way the only way I can get anywhere near it is to is to sort of fold my legs around my neck. So that's what I'm doing. Right, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> like a sort of circus. What do they call them? Those people who fold their legs behind their necks? Freaks. Uh, that's one word. Yeah, what's the other one? Slightly Contortionist. Contortionist. What a great word that is. It is a good word, actually, isn't it? Yes. Confectionery is a good word as well. Confectionery is good. And yeah. I'll tell you what's a good word. Uncomfortable. Oh, yes. If you don't speak English, uncomfortable and comfortable are both very interesting words because they sort of sound like bubbles. Mm. And mm. bubbles sounds like bubbles as bubbles well. Bubbles does, it? yes. Well, it's like plop, isn't it? Hmm, it is. You're back on shit now, aren't you? No, I'm just saying plop is a word that sounds like, you know, what's, what's the word for that when it sounds like what it is? Uh, I could have told you if you hadn't asked. All oh, right, okay. Not anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> no, it's not that, is it? <laughs> it's and not it's, that. No, it's not that railway station in Wales either, is it? No, no. God, there's going to be a tsunami of people going. Can't? Don't you even know that word? We yeah. do. We just can't bloody yeah. think of it. What's onomatopoeia? What's that mean? That's it. Is that that's it? it? Yeah, that's it. Right. That's word, words that sound like this sound. Right. Okay. Excellent. Which is so, also a backing vocal in a Kid Creole and the Coconuts song. It is. In it is. Annie, I'm not your daddy. Yes, it is. Just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> yes, there you are. You see, people say there's no content. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. That fact's never <laughs> appeared in one of the billion podcasts on the planet. There we go. We've rolled a new one out. We've rolled a new one out. <laughs> so anyway, Q and A. Q and A. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and, and I was presented with a bucket of very small gnomes. Um, <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> which I was encouraged to hand out to very other, various other members of the band if they got a question right. Right, OK. So I was a distributor of, of, of small gnomes during the uh, Q&A. Um, I think a slightly larger gnome had made its way into the bucket and Mosley ended up with that and complained. Um, but um, it all went really well. It was, it was very good-natured. And then the show itself was a bit clunky because I don't think anyone could summon up the energy to, to have rehearsed the things they'd forgotten. Right. Um, Pete Travis once famously said... Uh, in the studio, do you know what? I'd rather be worse than rehearse. And we always we we always thought it'd be a good T-shirt. Mm. Um, anyway, we were. You lived it. Uh, we we lived worse, um, but nobody seemed to notice, you know, because in the land of the blind, Anthony, the one-eyed man is king. Indeed. 
Um, and it was your <laughs> birthday, so nobody's going to say anything nasty on your birthday. Exactly. Fuck it. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. It's your so birthday. it was good. I, I wasn't singing as well as I did on Friday and Saturday, but I was still, you know. I think General what Ballpark. It what it lacked in power, it sort of gained in um, in honesty a little bit, you know, because I I wasn't I didn't have my nipples quite so far apart, mm. you know, I didn't have that. You weren't thrusting. No, there's a stick actually. There's a there's a Freddie Mercury stick, you know, and if you know to measure the distance between your nipples, and you need a kind of Freddie Mercury distance normally. Yeah, you know, in a, in a big, about the same uh, as a garden gate. Yeah, and I just couldn't quite. I, I, I held the stick up, and frankly, I was underperforming. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, what what it lacked in Freddiness, it sort of gained in Paul Buchananness. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and 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 it was that kind of a set anyway. It was all a little bit moodier, a bit um, intimate, mm, a bit more, you know. Down, down. The the tunes were more downbeat for the most part. I mean, we finished with Garden Party, so in an attempt to raise the dead mm. at that point, and I think we did. Um, and a, a few words for the dead as well. That was interesting because French, for some reason, Frenchy struggles to get that AK uh, across borders. The uh, the AK that I hold up. Yeah. Um, yeah. They take a dim view, yeah, of, of machine guns. Um, so we he he had to find one locally, um, and the one he found was much more real than the one I use. <laughs> and so, bearing in mind we're on on this side of the Atlantic, um, they had to put little signs up in the gig saying, you know, there will be. Replica, replica guns used during oh, this wow. performance, you know. So just for those out there who are tooled up, you know, don't take a profit to sing that. <laughs> and actually there was a couple of guys there from the, uh, who, you know, I've told you before, I, I, I was given a tour a couple of times of the, of the White House mm. by a very kind man called Jeffrey Carer who uh, you have to care, who um, is in charge of White House security. So he's he's a proper Rambo kind of a bloke, um, used to being tooled up to the hilt. So given, given that there were people like that in the crowd, it had to be made very clear that the AK I was carrying was only a replica. Yes. And not to get overexcited. No. Or uh, I might have been toast. Yeah. And that's not a good... I mean, there's something very circular about, you know, maybe dying on the same day you were born, but just not yet. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that never occurred to me. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that Julius... Is it Julius Caesar? Didn't Julius... Was it, that was part of... That was in Julius Caesar, wasn't it? Was it Julius Caesar? He died on the, on the same day he was born. And it was part good of the... grief. You're on fire. That well, I don't know. A, I don't know about that because it could that, equally have been somebody a, else. And on a matter pier, yeah, pier. Yeah, on that pier. I'm, t- I'm too tired to say on a matter pier. Well, I was going to say to you, did you have a rather late night? Well, late-ish, but I was quite restrained, really. Either I'm either I'm restrained, or I'm now so used to drinking that there isn't an amount that gets me hammered. Yeah. Um, but. Um, Maybe I drank a little less tequila and Red Bull during the show than I normally do. I did kick one over at one point, so that might have limited it. Um, but I had a bloody seizure when I came off stage, and not a not a bloody seizure. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Worth clarifying though. At the age of sixty-seven, <laughs> I'd like to feel I'm capable of either. At that point, I in only the went and had a bloody seizure. <laughs> I think we've got an episode uh, title. I had a, <laughs> I had a bloody Caesar, uh, which Frenchie had put together for me when I got off stage. Bless his cotton socks, and I was still good for a couple of G and T's after that at the after show, and after that I was I was still good for walking and you know, in fact I was in better shape than I am right now. Right. Um, 
in terms of general clarity. Um, immortalised is the word I was struggling to find regarding the crocheting of the lunch. Immortalised is a great word. And I just, you know, couldn't find it. Anyway, there it is now. How are you spelling that because of where you are? Are you putting a Z in it today? Oh, oh, that that is contentious, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I started putting Zs in things like that and the spell checker started throwing them out. So I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, we tend to use the S in England, we do. don't we? And the, and the Americans tend to use the Z. Um, Zed's dead. What about Zed's dead, baby? What, you... <laughs> what a great film that is. <laughs> what a great film. <laughs> I haven't watched that film in years. It's on the shelf here. I can. Where am I oh, going? it's a great movie, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to have to watch it again now. Um, because Just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. I love that. I just, and it's just that whole beginning sequence with the watch. Oh, my Lord, yeah. yeah. Christopher Walken, who is just <laughs> off the charts good. And he's only there for that one he's scene. Only that one he thing. just appears yeah. like oh, that. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody, stop what you're doing now. I mean, don't, don't, don't forget Fiction to come back off. to us. Just go and watch Pulp Fiction now. Take yeah, two hours. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Take two hours. Just go and watch Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Your day can't get anything other than better if you do that. No. No. Uh, What brought Pulp Fiction to mind? Um, I was just thrust back into Marcellus Wallace. Ah, right. For, uh, what was, I don't know. I don't know what got me there. I can't remember where we were at. We'll have to listen to it again, find out how we got there. Recall's not something that either of us seem to have got today. No, we're we're kind of forward moving, yeah. moving on kind of guys. We ain't got no reverse. No man. Hey, Lucy said, "Would you rather live in the future or the past?" And I said, "What now?" <laughs> <laughs> I stumbled across, and I don't know if I can find it to share it. I stumbled across a great clip of of Noel Gallagher who spent a New Year's Eve with Keith Richards. And yes. they, were having a, they were having a little conversation about the relative merits of their two singers, and I'll just leave it there. <laughs> and it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'd like to hear I'll, I'll dig that out and send it to you. It was fantastic. Oh... So back to Montreal then. Obviously, it's been good. Obviously, it's been good. You sent me a message on what would have been Saturday morning for you saying, first night had gone well, but the crowd had won 1 0. So, what was that all about? Well, no, I thought we were good on the first night, but I thought the crowd were better. Right. You know, they were terrific. They really really provided maybe 60% of the vibe, and we provided 40. Uh, On Saturday, I think we might. I think we raised our game and, and it went fifty-fifty. Um, and then yesterday, um, probably about ninety ten in their favour. Um, but I'm I'm being harsh, you know. Just just. Um, You've never done a gig that was ninety ten in the favour of the crowd. No, probably not. But we are quite hard on ourselves. We we want to get it absolutely perfect every night, and of course. Nobody appreciates that anyway. It's no. like these these podcasts. Every now and again, we get one right, and it's it's the least interesting one of all of them, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know if we've got one right this calendar year. No. Um, I mean, it has been a while, but every case, yeah, you know, every once in a while. But I'm pleased the crowd were good. There seemed to have been a lot of purple action in Montreal. Oh, there was. They 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 made me a big card, a big poster that everybody had signed. That was lovely. Uh, and I think I think um, you know quite a gaggle of purples had had got together um, in Brutopia or wherever around the town and uh, socialised and met up and created a little sub family, which is beautiful. You know, they're all mm. getting on. And they're all looking after each other, so that's that's lovely. 
Um, I got back to the hotel on the Saturday night, actually, and as I walked into the hotel, there was a there was a, a man and his wife just sitting in reception, and they were from Cleveland, and uh, he was wearing a t-shirt. You know, I'm really in t-shirt. I said, "Oh, nice shirt." As I went by, and they they both went, "Oh, to you," you know, and. Um, I talked to them for about 40 minutes. I just sat down in reception. We had a really long chat about life, the universe and everything. And then I went to bed. Um, so that was kind of nice as well. I've been bumping into people all over the, all over town, you know, asking for photographs and whatnot and saying really nice things. I, w- I can't even say what's been said to me because it would seem immodest, but there's some beautiful... You know, affirming, affirming yeah. things. Yeah. You know. Do you think, since we've been doing this, and because of how much chat, you know, how much of this is out there, do you does it affect what people ask you? Do people have more of an understanding of you now, and does it? Because, like I say, you sat down with somebody you didn't know and had a forty-minute conversation. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think. The people who listen to this podcast have found out who I am, mm. you know, even if I haven't. Um, they've found out about as much as I know, um, whatever that is. You know, obviously there's a side of me that is fairly unfathomable to myself, um, which is where a lot of the songs come from, I think. The, the songs usually come from a place that um, I don't feel consciously in, that in touch with. So there is a side of me that, um, that 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 pulls all of that stuff out to some degree, but the other side of me, the the kind of main day to day, half witted side, um, I think everybody's intimate with him now. <laughs> oh, with yeah, yeah, that curtain has absolutely been pulled back. <laughs> it's, it's been dropped and stood on. Oh. Without it hasn't a shadow been of a doubt. pulled back. <laughs> yeah, it's a hanging piece of curtain rail. <laughs> now, nothing, nothing more. I think that's really nice, actually. So much of this does really, really give an insight into, 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 like I say, the day-to-day you, and I think it does you massive credit. Well, I've, I haven't got any mystique anymore. There's, no, the, the, the mystique has been well and truly trodden down. Yeah, if I ever had any, um, but that's all right, you know. Shit, I'm sixty-seven. I don't need any of that anymore. I might as well just be me. You Do know? you think in the past you tried to build up a bit of mystique, which you've now actually almost taken some delight in trampling on? Well, I don't know if I've tried to build it, but but you know what I've done on the stage has been and perhaps continues to be pretty intense. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a bit like Bowie. What he was doing on stage was so intense that there was something intimidating about that character. But but that was just somebody he sent on stage. It yeah. wasn't really him. And whenever he was interviewed, he was very approachable and quite goofy in a lot of ways. Um, but as you get older... You know, that definitely happened to Bowie. Uh, he sort of took the mask off eventually, didn't he? And started being himself and being himself live. I've, I've got an amazing... Um, there's an amazing um, version of Heroes live um, on YouTube where he's wearing the sort of uh, turquoise suit. And it's him. That That's not a mask. It's just It's just a guy really connected to a crowd... Loving being there and having a good time, and it's it's wonderful to watch. Um, whereas, you know, if you see the old... Have you seen that Moon Age Daydream? That's worth seeing. That no, but it's on my list of things to... It's uh, Well, Phil forced it upon me with, um, with an iPad <laughs> the other day. And uh, I watched it, and it is an amazing movie. Um, but, you know, when he was younger... He was he was going on stage as a character, wearing a you know a metaphorical mask, 
Um, and as he got old, got older, you could see that he'd allowed himself to be shown. Mm. And I'm 67, and so, you know, I got... I mean, I've got things to hide, um, but not not many, and uh, none lately. I haven't got anything to hide lately. I um, I've been watching a documentary. I, I've got into a guy called Jason Isbell, who's an Americana act and incredibly good songwriter. But he's there's a documentary of his out that covers the pandemic period. They were trying to write an album through 2019, 2020. In fact, it was released through the pandemic. And my God, that's raw. Really? That, that guy's demons are absolutely on show. And it's, really? it's you know, it's you can't, it's one of those things you can't stop watching it, even though you feel slightly uncomfortable watching it, because it is so, it is so raw. Uh, and yeah. and uh, he works, um, his wife's in his band, and it, and he needs her to be in the band to do what he does. Uh, and she's a big part of his support in the band. But then it creates that enormous tension of they're just, they're, they're falling out about the music or the process. Wow. Oh, God. And then she, Bad enough when you know, you're not married to them. I mean, we fall out about the process. I can't imagine doing that, mm. not, you know, with your wife. Because then there's nowhere to go. No. You know. And you and she the thing is she was to. pivotal in him sobering up, <clears throat> right? So it's a really complicated thing. Anyway, it's well worth a watch. But it's it is it, it, in 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 line of the Bowie thing. It's interesting when you see those things slip and you see you know. And I say mm. it was, it's compulsive viewing, but it's also at the same time you want to turn away. There was a moment last night actually in the Q and A, uh, a guy on the balcony whose name escapes me. And he'd um, he was a sur- he's a surgeon, and um, he'd uh, he was in the eye of the storm during COVID, and he, he was he was just saying, you know, I um, I was although I'm a surgeon, I, I I went down to help the nurses out because there was just there weren't enough people hmm. to look after the people that were wheeling in and dying in front of us. Um. And I think it was, I think he said something like twenty four people died in front of him in one day. Um, and of course he was talking. He was then referencing about uh, care and um, and and what an impact that had on him as a song. Um, but it's so humbling when you when when you kind of meet anybody that has been hands on. In in that, I I can't imagine what it's like to try and save someone and fail, and then try and save someone else and fail. I don't know how they do it. No, I really don't know. I can't. I couldn't do it. I don't think. Um, and it's just that double-edged sword, isn't it? As of, well, you know, if I can save one, I've saved one. Yeah, but then you've got to carry. The ones that you couldn't save in your in your mind. I mean, how do you go home with that? I'm I'm totally in awe and humbled by people who um, who who witness other people passing away whilst they're trying to save them. I'm, I mean, that makes that sort of puts singing in its place. You know, better to be a doctor or a man who walks the earth. Hmm. Should you go to a bit of diary? Yes, as we've, yes. As we've... got a bit maudlin. Yeah. No, it just was very moving, um, and 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 to lay eyes on somebody, you know, Blade Runner. If you could see what I'd seen with your eyes. Mm. Um, yes, let's have a bit of diary. I wonder where I'm going. Well, do you know what? I've no idea because I've not read it. I bet, I'm, I'm, no, I don't no, suppose neither you've read have it. I. No. Well, okay, well, it'll be a surprise to both of us. Fuck it. It's my birthday. Yes. Well, it isn't. But it was. <laughs> it was. It was. So I've, I've been slacking. I can have a quick look, though. Well, oh, go on, then. Hang on a bit. Yeah. Oh, you, did you take it with you? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. 
It's quite do you, handy. For do you read twat- your own book when you can't sleep then? No, but it's the hardback copy. It's quite handy for slapping people in the <laughs> face if they get out of line. So I carry it everywhere. Oh, I'm in Brazil. Am I in Brazil? Or maybe I've just got the bookmark in the wrong place. I think I was, wasn't I? Yeah, I'm off to... Uh... i tell you where you were. You were on where the floor. Oh, my God, that was it. You were on the floor because you had a bad night. Oh, yes. Oh, now I know. Oh, I do remember this. Oh, my God. That that was... Um... I don't know. I... I... People have called me superhuman. Um, on this day, I was, because anyone who climbed onto an aeroplane in the state I was in that morning um, and and sat in an aeroplane seat for an hour and a half on a flight from Sao Paulo to Rio um, without dying, um, dying of... If, can you die from a hangover? Maybe you can. I'm sure you can. I think I came close. Uh, it was hellish. But it wasn't a hangover, though, was it? Because you'd said in the previous entry that you'd not drunk that much. No, but I think I was alcohol poisoned by ah, something. Right. I, I don't know what was in the Kuiperinius, but I think I think it was mostly... <laughs> they have been cut with something? Bleach or yeah, something? Yeah, four-star uh, octane <laughs> petrol, I suspect. Um <laughs> A bit of E95. <laughs> I was trying to find somewhere to lie down in the terminal of the airport, you know. And the I mean, terminal's yeah. not a good word in of itself, is it? No, no, terminal by name. Yeah, Niall said I was green. Uh, he said you're actually green. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, that was that was a horror, uh, but I came through it, you know, and I discovered. Engov, the Brazilian hangover pills, um, and they helped. I just didn't get my hands on them till six in the evening, unfortunately. And the following morning, I went down to breakfast, and I was still really quite ill. So it took me a couple of days to come through that one. This is quite an interesting little experiment for us, because now we've got what you can remember versus what you wrote down at the time. They're never the same, are they? Let's going to see how close those two <laughs> things are. <laughs> Looking forward to listening to this. I was in a terrible state. It was awful. Here it comes. Friday, 12th of October. Travel Sao Paulo to Rio. Woke at seven for long enough to text Lynetta and apologise for vanishing on her and then went back to sleep until checkout time at eleven. Got up and realised that the lights weren't working and that my laptop was dead meat, not starting up, not charging. Oh dear. Phoned down to reception to be told that today there would be a power cut. All day long. No lights, no power, no elevators. Terrific. Took my bags along the dark corridors and down the six flights of stairs to the lobby. I had felt not too bad when I woke up, but as the day progressed, I knew I was in trouble. By the time we got to the airport for the flight to Rio de Janeiro, I felt truly awful. Faint and sweating, I managed to check in and through security to the gate where I lay between three seats until a change of gate was announced and had to make my way back downstairs. By the time they announced the flight, I had worsened and really wasn't sure if I could get on the transit bus. Somehow I managed. On board the flight I sat and suffered, waiting for it to be over. What a way to return to my beloved Rio. I had looked forward to taking a walk along Copacabana with Nile. It was raining hard as we exited the airport onto the minibus, and it was obvious that the dream of having a beer with my boy in the sunshine was not to be an option. Pissing it down. Beer ever again was truly unthinkable. Rattled along the streets of Rio for 40 minutes or so, 
and finally arrived at the Oton Palace Hotel, slap in the middle of the beautiful, wide, curving bay which is Copacabana as the three-metre waves curled and crashed on the beach. I slumped down onto a sofa until Frenchie, thankfully, pressed a room key into my hand. My mobile wouldn't work at all now. Up in my room, I managed to secure an internet connection and Skype home briefly before going to bed at 5pm. The promoter's boys had been out to buy me anti-hangover stuff. Little pills and a phial full of detestable yellow liquid, which I drank down as per the instructions. Fingers crossed. Woke at 11pm, feeling significantly better, but not great, and watched TV for half an hour before returning to bed until the morning. Sunday, 13th of October, Rio de Janeiro. Woke at nine and opened the curtains to a rainy grey Rio. Cloud obscured the mountains from halfway up and mist obscured much of the view. Went down to the breakfast room to see if there was anything I could stomach. The breakfast room at the Oton Palace has the most terrific view of the Atlantic and the beach. What a shame it was such a grey day. Last week was bright sunshine and 30 degrees. I found porridge and had a couple of bowls. That should help. Back to my room. We didn't have to check out to leave until 3.30. Went back to bed until about 12.30 and then made my way down and along Copacabana to Don Camillo, the restaurant where Lynetta and I had dinner on New Year's Eve in 2006. By the way, I'm writing this on a plane, looking down and across at the Andes. Ordered and ate an excellent steak. Phew. Finally out of the other side of the poisoning. Those two caipirinas must have been pure spirit. I must have drank the best part of a bottle of cachaça. Soundcheck in the Vivo Rio was a more straightforward affair than Sao Paulo. We had the same gear, so there were no new problems once we'd got Mark's keyboards plugged in, which took some time. Returned to the hotel and once again went back to bed. The Rio show was notable for two things. First, the amazing atmosphere in the crowd. These people are like no one on earth when it comes to heart and soul. Second, the complete loss of Mark's keyboards during The Invisible Man. I had to sing half of the song with guitar, bass and drums. In the end, Mark came to the front of stage and played my piano for a while. Wrong sound, but at least it worked. Things like this take years off my life, I'm sure. I really must learn to relax, but I'm a perfectionist and The Invisible Man isn't the kind of song you can light-heartedly busk through. Afterwards, I spoke with Sabina from Germany, who had travelled especially for this show. She said she thought it was great. You just never know. That cheered me up a lot. We didn't stay long. We were more than a little aware of our early start tomorrow. Felt guilty driving through the security gates, past fans who had hung around desperate to meet us. But I'm not tipped up, and I need to get to bed. I think I made it into bed not too long after midnight. What a shame to come to Rio, hungover, in the rain, with no time to enjoy this incredible city. Sunday, 14th of October, Porto Alegre. It was always going to be ugly. Getting up at six when you fell into bed at one is never good. Checked out and climbed into the minibus for the drive to Tom Jobim Airport. Queued up with all the equipment and crew at check-in. We have a lot of gear, even though we haven't got drums or keyboards. Frenchy checked the band in first and gave us our boarding passes, so off we went through a very relaxed security system. Do you want me to take my laptop out of my bag? I asked. Nah, said the man at the machine. He never actually said, this is Rio, man, but that's what he meant. When I got to the gate, the girl at the top of the escalator looked at my boarding pass and said, you're too late. 
I broke a sweat. We have a show tonight and the crew are still nowhere to be seen. It eventually transpired that she meant early. I said I would come back earlier when the gate was open. Bought a cappuccino from a little coffee stall and relaxed for a while. What I love about this airport is the recorded announcements. They have been the same since I first came here in 1990. It's a man's voice, I think, and very camp. The sexiest airport announcements I've ever heard. If you can imagine Bootsy Collins in star shades, pearls, lurex speedos and gold stack-heeled high boots relaxing on a bed of ostrich feathers with a cocktail in one hand and a mic in the other while the two of Prince's backing singers rub oil into his exposed thighs. Well, it kind of sounds like that. A seductive semi-whisper. The next flight to Montevideo leaves from gate 38 at 9.15. I hope they never change it. He tells you all you ever need to know about Rio. In Brazil, the national sport and passion is football. They call it futebol. But in Rio, they call it futebol. More sensuous. That's Rio. If we ever have serious success here, I will try to get access to those announcement samples. I could have them periodically going off at home. I'm leaving for Tesco's to go shopping at 4.15. The flight down to Porto Alegre took two hours. I probably tried to sleep, and I probably failed. Spent a bit of time with headphones on, editing my live sounds in the laptop. Flying blind somewhat in that regard, as I have no keyboard to trigger them. We arrived and got into a van into town, which didn't take long, and we piled out into a nice hotel. I bought Ian a coffee in the downstairs cafe, as Frenchy checked us in, and made my way up to room 310. A suite of a room with a sofa, tables and chairs, loads of space and windows overlooking the wide Guaiba River upon which Porto Alegre is built. Lovely view. I skyped home and then had a little sleep before the 3.45 departure to soundcheck. The gig was a modern theatre. Very nice. I wasn't expecting a lot of people. We didn't have many when we played here last time. Soundcheck was slow but sure. Mark's hired keyboards are all old and clunky. The buttons don't work and the pitch wheels don't do much either. He's having to work around it. Can't remember this show too well, actually. I've let the diary slip, I'm afraid, and I'm actually writing this from my hotel room in San Francisco de Motosal in Chile. The audience was small, but not as small as feared. They hustled me into playing Easter, and that went down well, everyone singing along. I had planned a hot bath in my hotel room jacuzzi, but I needed to shower at the gig so the jacuzzi never happened. If I was a proper rocker, there'd have been a couple of girls in there bubbling away, offering to scrub my back. But I never was a proper rocker. More of an 80s aspiring avant-garde post-punker forced into a rocker's skin. And anyway, all that glamour is for young men. When you reach a certain age, even if you're single, there's something a bit seedy about it. Back to the hotel and to bed, leaving at 11 tomorrow morning for the airport and the flight down to Buenos Aires. And we're back! We've, ju- we've just done 38 minutes. Good Lord. Oh, dear. Right, well, we won't talk about the diary entry, obviously, because I still don't know what's in it. I've not heard it yet. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will we'll, we'll do a little bit of a cross-reference check to see how right you were. 
about your own life, <laughs> which I think would be quite interesting. Um, moving to Leicester, moving. I, don't, I hate to take you out of this weekend to the next weekend. No, no, I think I think you should. Um, and on the subject of the purples, because it sounds like there was quite a nice little purple vibe going on in Montreal. I think there's was. a purple picnic in Leicester. Oh, is there a PP? Mm. A PP. Mm. Mm, quite a few oh. of them. I don't know who's taking care of what. I don't know if volavons are involved. Um, well, it'd be great if I turned up, but I don't think I will because uh, you know I will be busy. But uh, I hope you have a great picnic, and if, if I could, I would. I would swing by. Well, picnic. I'm certainly going to swing by and say hello. Are you? Yes. Take some coronation chicken. Right. That's good at a picnic. Right. Right. Do I have to make it or am I allowed to get it from Marks and Spencers? Oh, Marks and Sparks. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Is, there a, is there a coronation chicken? Is there a, like a, a scale? I mean, is Waitrose <laughs> at the top? Well, are we, I don't know how it works. You're a Waitrose shopper, aren't you? I am a Waitrose shopper. Um, and, but, uh, not but, I am a Waitrose shopper. Um, but a lot of Marks and Sparks stuff. Pips it, or certainly used right. to. It sort of goes in little phases, I think. Does it go in peaks what? and troughs? I think it does. I, I think they probably, you know, use get. You know, they get they get onto certain suppliers who, who who are creating really good stuff, and then maybe they steal them from each other. Maybe uh. there's a bit of cutthroatness goes on between Waitrose and Marks and Sparks. Well, that's business, isn't it? Yeah. But quite often, Marks and Sparks stuff, I think, is tastier than Waitrose stuff. But not all the time. But from the outside, it all looks very British and very well-behaved, very Miss Marple and all that kind of thing. But you think it's a bit more like the ice cream wars behind the scenes. It's bound to be. I met a bloke in um, America years ago, and he was telling me about the... He was a... He said he used to be a buyer for Pepsi. And he said, I used to go into meetings. And he said, I was so horrible. Um, the, the, the negotiations to drive the price down to a point where I knew the people selling it couldn't be making a profit. He said, I would actually ne- negotiate them into debt. And I knew I was doing it, and that was my job. And he said, I had to stop eventually because I used to hate myself when I lay down to sleep at night. Because some of these, some of these big, um, you know, big names at Pepsi and Coca-Cola, they've got such power. Um, and Walmart, I think he was working for Walmart. That was it. And uh, he used to drive the prices down to the point where he knew he, 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 he was forcing the suppliers to make a loss. Um, yeah, and, and he dragged it in. He said, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and he just started listening to Marillion instead. Good, Good lad. <laughs> the the Good other lad. end of the scale. <laughs> There's literally nothing wrong with that, is there? No, there, there there is an unacceptable face of capitalism for sure, and you know it's quite a big face. I think mm. um, it's not all of it. I mean, you you got to have a system, and none of them seem to to work, do they? Um, it doesn't bring you happiness either. That's the thing. Oh, the cotton thrust and the business. Well, yeah. My, yeah. Do you know what? With everything, with all the things that we consume and the things that we need to have and what have you, my most precious you know, possession, my most prized possession, is, is an Easy Grips potato masher. Right. Because it's, it's, got, it's, it's like a square. So when you push down on it, it doesn't yeah. bend. And oh. it mashes potato really, really well. Right. And there's something... There's a joy, right, in using the. My... I get that joy slicing leeks. Do you? Yes, yes. Why I don't leeks? do because they're just beautiful. When you slice a leek, and there's all of those rings, yeah, like yeah. tree rings, yeah. yeah, and a very gradual change of colour from yes. white white to pale green, 
are immensely beautiful and they take me off on a little journey. And it's a, a nice smell as well. It's a nice, delicate smell of leek, isn't it? It is. It's delicate. Yeah, it's not too overpowering. No, it's got that edge of onion about it, hasn't it? Yes. But just the sight of a sliced leek lifts me up. Right. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and actually, I can contribute to the leek conversation because my ratio of leeks to potatoes for leek and potato soup is four to one. Oh, is it? Four mm. of what? Four leeks. leeks to one potato. Yeah. Well, that's worth knowing. Yeah. Because I think After the danger is that you get over potato it gets over starchy and it mm. needs it needs that that bit of something. Mm. And 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 I also like about just a little little just a, the merest suggestion of whole grain mustard in there. Mm. There we go. Four to Culinary one. Culinary potatoes. I think I've got a maid trying to get in. All right. Oh, oh should we should we see if he or she manages it? I think she's given up and left again. Oh, no, hang on. Hello? Oh, uh, ten minutes? Uh, You're not looking to me for French, are you? This minute. Okay, merci. Merci. Oh, look at that. Captured. <laughs> Captured for posterity. <laughs> I almost think we should finish that. I don't think we can better that. <laughs> Culinary tips, French. Are you, you telling the maid to very politely do one? <laughs> They're very nice here, the maids. Mm. I'm particularly entranced by that picture you've got. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is quite, well, it's Montreal, man. It's, yeah. it's, there's art everywhere in this city. Mm. It's fantastic. Mm. A lot of art uh, galleries in the old town, some with some really beautiful things in. There's a, a wooden sculpture of Icarus, um, just down the road and round the corner. It's fantastic, but I couldn't get it in the ass, so and I probably couldn't get it on the plane either. Uh, <laughs> it's out of the question. So what's the rest of the day then? You're setting off in a bit, aren't you? You're on your way. You're wending your way back, aren't you? Yes. I'm going to go and give... Um, I've got a couple of birthday cards for a couple of purples. Uh, Helen Thompson. Um, her other half, Sarah, um, it, it was her birthday yesterday. And I wrote a card and I brought it with me to give to her and then forgot, of course. Um and a newbie called Daniel Hamby. Um, I've got one for him as well. And they were both at the after show last night. So I said, oh, if you come to my hotel, I'll come down and give you your card. So they're, they're turning up in a bit. Um, and then um, I guess I'll be packing. It's, it's really civilised because I don't have to be out of here till half past six today. Right. Um, which is lovely. It just means I can have the day to slowly decompress and uh, rebuild myself. Um, so we're leaving at 6.30 this evening, and it's what? It's just noon now. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I got time to just do it all slowly. I might even open up... Uh, I've been contributing to, there's a special needs school in Gibraltar and they've been making a record Um, and I've been kind of contributing to that and I've thrown a BV down for them and I think it needs a shaker so I've been swapping emails with the teacher. I said it kind of needs a tambourine on the last chorus. Uh, I'll do one. So I brought a tambourine back and I'll probably throw one of those down um, in a minute, and um, maybe maybe some maybe some shakers as well, and just send them. Then she's got them; she can fly them in. I think you should because I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I most definitely will. Yeah. yeah, but I think you should do it now. I think it should be a Montreal-inspired shaker and tambourine. Oh, I will do it. I will do yeah. it in a minute. Yeah. yeah. A post-birthday rattle. Post- <laughs> Post-birthday tremble. 
Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that never happened either. But never mind. <laughs> right, well, I'll see you back in the UK then. All right, and um, thank you for that. And um, this is Mr. Hogarth signing off from Montreal, Canada. Mm. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.